Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Today is episode seven, and we are going to be talking about progress over perfection. We are so excited to have you guys join us back. Um, the first several episodes have been getting some fabulous feedback, and we're excited to have you guys with us. So let's jump into our topic today. As always, we want this to be an encouragement to you, and we want to start that off by sharing what our conviction is. And we've, you've heard us talk about this in some of our prior episodes. We're going to dive a little deeper on it today. And our conviction is just the truth that we are not perfect. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> Philippians uh, chapter 3, uh, starting in the middle of verse 8, says, So that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God upon faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I might attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I also for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So even Paul, as he's writing to the Philippians, is saying, I am not perfect. My righteousness comes from Christ, and I press on towards that each and every day. And so we're here saying, Man, we are not perfect. We're not even Paul. We are just pressing on towards the goal of serving Christ and sharing in his suffering. So when we talk about progress over perfection, it just seems like a needed thing to say is clearly we are not perfect. And that's why we started with that scripture today. I have to tell you, I've always known that I'm not perfect, right? And I've always known that Darren's not perfect. And I've always known that my children are not perfect. But yet, ironically, I can find myself with that expectation of perfection. And what do we do when we are faced with that? Well, I think we need to confess and we need to grow. Yeah, as we are just turning to the Bible and looking for what our actions are then, when we realize that we're not perfect and we're struggling with that and we're trying to navigate our way through dealing with our imperfections and the imperfections of our spouse and the imperfections of our kids... Uh, James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I mean, seriously, some of our like deepest conversations perhaps are just the acknowledgement of our imperfection or our sin, 
in another word, right? We are, no one can be perfect. Only Christ was perfect. And because of that imperfection, we, our sin, our sinful nature just comes out and it's ugly. And I think that's why we have the expectation of perfection or we desire perfection in one another and in ourselves and in our children because we don't like to deal with the ugly. Yeah. It's a constant war against the flesh. Yeah. And Proverbs 28, 13 says he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will receive compassion and so i mean that's one of our big encouragements to you guys and marissa mentioned it just a minute ago here is that if we are needing to confess to each other that is a great opportunity and for me i get so easily just ir- extra irritated at myself if I've messed up and I know that I've sinned and I've sinned against my wife or I've sinned against my kids and it, it just it can be kind of devastating to me I just get really upset at myself then but it's so redemptive to receive the compassion from those in your family when you confess your sin turn to to scripture and say hey this is what I'm working on and this is what, how I'm just confessing to the Lord and confessing to you that I've sinned against you, that is, it's part of the growth process. And so we want to encourage you guys in that. And I think two things stand out to me, uh, two different positive things. One is that when you confess sin to a loved one, you are in a essence asking for accountability or just bringing whatever is dark into the light. You know, you're not hiding behind that anymore. And when you are bringing that forward into the light, that is where the work begins. And that's where the growth begins, you know. Um, The other element that I think that society today um, kind of falls trapped to is as we are bringing things into the light, right, as we are confessing, one... um, worry or one uh, false step would be, oh, I'm just being real. I'm just telling Mm. you how I am. You know, this is just who I am. Well, yes, we are sinful. That is who we are, but that is not our identity. Yeah, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're to be constantly being sanctified in Christ, not... Just continuing to sin all the more so that grace may abound. Right. Right. Paul Paul teaches against that in mm-hmm. Romans. And so and Second Timothy verse nine or chapter nineteen. That's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Second Timothy verses nineteen and then twenty one and twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, says, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to depart from wickedness. That means don't just keep being real, keep repeating the same offenses over and over and over. Or yes. Excuse. This is just who I am. Right. It's not an excuse. And then he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, having been prepared for every good work. Now, flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing they will produce quarrels. That's exactly what Mm -hmm. you're saying here, is that we have to be honest, we have to confess, but we need to be pursuing what is godly 
and putting aside what is from our flesh or from our our sinful nature. Yeah, and that is our first character quality that gets worked on when we view ourselves in a progression over perfection work in our lives, and that is sanctification. We have to lean into it, constantly confessing, constantly growing, and being sanctified as we continue to walk with Christ. It reminds me of that song uh, Crowder sings, like, Come As You Are. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like, and I love the song, so this is nothing to Crowder, but I always feel like it should say, Come As You Are, but leave more like Christ. You know, like, don't just come as you are and remain in your sin and remain where you're at, but be transformed. Right. Like you were saying, be transformed, change. And when we bring our sinful nature to our spouse, especially to our children and to ourselves, when we are confessing, we need to not just lay it all out there, but humble ourselves to talk about how the change for the next time will occur. Correct. And this is, uh, you know, as we have these conversations of our character traits that we're developing, we're always talking about just very reflectively on our walks yeah. and what we're doing and our our convictions and the character traits we're working on. And this is one where I think it's so impactful for our parenting because I, I you hear all the time with parents oh, I, I wish my kid didn't disobey the same way over and over. Or or they they just have a, a problem doing whatever the, the disobedient or sinful action is, right? Because they're children. They're growing and learning. And this, confessing sin and being sanctified, is just such a great way to lead by example. We have to lead by example for our kids in this area. If we pretend to be polished, perfect parents who ignore the sin in our life, then we can't be teaching our kids uh, to repent and to be yeah. humble before the Lord and to be humble before each other. And the the thing about being an example is that it is a very humble state. When we talk about Jesus and his leadership, he was very... Uh, obviously he always spoke truth and he wasn't dealing with this sin nature as we're talking today, but he had a servant type leadership where he, he would lay down himself. Right. And so that's kind of like a, a position that we should have as parents. We should not worry that we need to present the figure of perfection and hold ourselves up so that we may obtain or earn respect from our children. But yet we're actually making bigger progress in the lives of our children and our own lives when we choose to show them and explain to them the sin that we just committed. Because ultimately that's what we want them to do in the future, right? When they, um, do something sinful to model that process of repentance. And maybe Darren, you can talk about how repentance is a process. It's not just, I'm sorry, and moving on. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it's such a, such a big deal to take repentance beyond I'm sorry. And, and really reflect on a, a 
apolog like not apologizing but repenting before the Lord. Yeah. Like going to the Lord in prayer together, um, and seeking the right action in Scripture. What what Scripture says that we should do, and then acknowledging who the strength to do the right thing comes from, that it comes from God through the Holy Spirit, that it's not of our own ability to follow the law of God better. Yeah. And then to make right what was made wrong and, you know, to, to follow up with the person that you sinned against or you offended to, to make right, to restore the, the damage that was done. And so I think all of those parts, without kind of getting all the way into a big conversation about repenting and, and reconciling, but I think all of those parts are really key to being an example to our children because we don't want to live a hypocritical life and in that way not be a good witness for Christ and then have our children say, well, they said they followed God, but they never repented for anything and they did all these things wrong. And I can look back and I can see the sin in their life now. Mm-hmm. No, we want to be an example of humbly walking with our Savior. Yeah, it's so funny when you think about the church too, right? Like so many people, their first um, recognition or assumption about the church is that it's just full of hypocrites or it's just right. full of people who are sin- sinful. And while they're they're true, they're right. A church is full of sinful people, but they are not living in their sin. Is the is the hope right? Mm-hmm. And when they are, then that is where that hypocritical nature, um, accusations about being hypocritical, come about. Right, being a hypocrite comes with refusal to repent and yes. with pride. And Second Peter uh, chapter three verse eighteen says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we should be seeking to constantly grow, and we should be teaching our kids that to walk with the Lord is to constantly grow. And and to do that, we have to put aside our pride. Mm. That's the challenge, right? So when we talk about our character that we're growing, we're growing in sanctification and we have to put aside pride. We have to, that is the challenge that stands in our way as people when it comes to recognizing a sanctifying process over being perfect. Yeah. Pride is a thing. And it's funny when you're, I have a children's book that I was reading to my kids and we were talking about um, the prideful peacock. Right, <laughs> that has his feathers all exposed, um, and is very look at me, look at me. Pride really tr- in this conversation in progress over perfection. Pride tries to be perfect. Pride wants to give the illusion of perfect, not only to your spouse, not only to your children, but also you can think about others too, like feeling or um, having the picture of a perfect family. You know, I'm not going to lie here. It is hard to go places or be in places and you or your children mess up and your sin is exposed. I don't know why that's hard because clearly we're all sinful, (laughs) but it is. And then like to figure out how to deal with that in the moment 
actually starts with pride. It starts with that feeling on the inside that you aren't either measuring up or you're being trapped into the comparison with other people. So figuring out how to deal with pride. Yeah, and I think scripture gives us a lot of really clear direction for the seriousness of pride and and where God's blessing comes. James 4, 6 says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Proverbs 11, verse 2 says, but when arrogance come, then comes disgrace. But with the meek is wisdom. And so as we're considering pride, it really is just a humility before the Lord to know that our our place before the Lord is more important than what any person thinks about us. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately we're the greatest witness for Christ by showing our dependence on his grace. And, and we live it out the best, not by exuding our self-righteousness constantly and, and trying to uphold some image, some prideful image, but by walking humbly. And, and it, is, it is humbling to have your mistakes exposed. Yeah. But I think that that is when the glory of God and the glory of his salvation, you can point to that the most mm-hmm. when you make it clear that it's not by your strength or your ability or your you know ability to only function on three hours of sleep or whatever it is to to do what you do but it's by god's grace that you can do it and i think that when we choose progress over perfection when we choose to come as we are but leave more like christ we're modeling to our children that that expectation of perfection is actually from the devil mm. because we will never be able to match up to that. And when we fall victim to a perfectionist lifestyle, we fall victim to a works-based gospel. Yeah, all of a sudden you think that you can somehow achieve holiness by covering up your sin and living the best life you can. Yeah. And we have to just constantly remind ourselves and teach our children that we're not perfect. We need to be humble and in submission to Christ. And we need to be humble in front of our spouse Mm -hmm. and in front of our children. And to be an example of repentance, not upholding our position as the higher position, but to sacrificially love and serve each other and to humbly repent to each other. And it's so key what you just said. We need to come and share our imperfection in a humble way instead of an imperfection in an excuse-given way. Well, I'm just not perfect. Oh, yeah. There's a total difference between if you are admitting a wrong and making an excuse for it Yeah. versus if you are admitting a wrong and committing to repentance for it. And I, I think... I was thinking about this. If you consider any of these things we've talked about with your children, mm-hmm. what you would expect them or what you would want to teach them to respond when they've disobeyed or when they have sinned, that 
the expectation we hold our children to, we need to hold ourselves to a higher expectation of the 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 depth and the sincerity and the seriousness of our repentance. And I, I think that is a critical way to say, wow, sure is easy to make an excuse for my sin and tell my kids, no excuses. Yeah. But we have to tell ourselves, no excuses. Be humble and and repent and seek the Lord to guide you as you as you grow in Christ, as you progress in sanctification. So we hope we're encouraging to you guys today that we, of course, stating the obvious that we are not perfect, but reminding ourselves and you guys that we need to be humble in submission to Christ. We need to be humble in front of our spouses, in front of our children, in front of our fellow friends and community, biblical community friends, um, to be an example of repentance. And ultimately, as we do that, we bring glory to God. So we thank you so much for joining us today, and we hope to see you next week. Um, we release our podcast podcasts on Tuesdays, so make sure you like and subscribe so that you can follow along. You can also find us at Raising Rices on Instagram, or you can follow Darren at Lead Your Family. I'm sorry. Have a great day. I'm going to let you jump in there. <laughs> Have a great day. Everybody.